HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network on Tour, presented by Le Crusade. I'm Dana Cowan, and on Heritage Radio Network, I host a show called Speaking Broadly. Today, we're broadcasting live from HRN Podcast Lounge at Feast Portland. We want to thank our sponsors, Le Crusade, Travel Portland, Salt and Straw, and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage possible. Today, I have an extraordinary talent with me, someone who I've known for a really, really long time, like... I'm going to find out how old you were when I first met you. Um, Tyler Malik, who, if anyone likes ice cream, you're going to like Tyler. Because he's responsible for over 600 flavors of ice cream, all of them unusual and delicious at Salt and Straw. So, welcome, Tyler. Thank you. Okay, so how old were you when I met you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was 23 when we first met. (laughs) And that was... uh, Eight years ago. Eight years ago. I feel like I've learned a lot since then. I actually know how to make ice cream now, I think. I know. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know, um, Tyler up and changed his life and decided to move and to make ice cream with his cousin, Kim. Um, You bought like a used ice cream maker to make your first flavors. Yeah. Three used ice cream makers from Goodwill. Okay. And they were $4 (laughs) each. Um, that was a very good $12 investment. <laughs> it was a lot of money at the time, yeah. though. Um, and yeah, we made ice cream from scratch. And this idea of like just having fun with flavors uh, and using ice cream, like just cream and sugar as this foundation to like go off on journeys, flavor journeys, and learn about the city around us. Uh, that was like the, our philosophy from day one. And it just so happened we were in Portland, which is like the coolest city to do go on a flavor journey in. That's true. What are your favorite Portland flavors? I remember um, it was wild the very first time I ever 
we, we decided we wanted to make a for Portland flavor and we wanted to, you know, like, I, I don't know if you remember in 2011, we had a uh, bacon and maple yeah, absolutely. phase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole world was on this craze. Um, right. And, and you um, were right there with them. You were crazy. Yeah, well, <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh, Denny's just came out with a bacon and maple ice cream. And so I went, and we didn't have an, even a brand yet. I went and met with um, Elias Cairo at uh, Olympia Provisions. And for some, I don't know why he sat down with me. We didn't have even a logo or a name. And he was like, yeah, let's meet. Let's talk about bacon and ice cream. And Amazing. we came out with like three different flavors coming out of that. We, uh, we made a melon and prosciutto ice cream using this very particular copa that he makes. Um, and I think it's just one of those things. You get this like, for some reason, Portland people are just like, in the food industry, we open our arms and like welcome everyone in. Uh, so I want to talk about that gigantic leap that you made. And you're like, sure, I'm going to make ice cream. I don't know how. I never have. But it sounds like a really fun, interesting thing to do. <laughs> um, and you were talking about that on a recent uh, TEDx talk that you did. When we'll talk about some of the details of that. Yeah. But it, it was a leap. Mm -hmm. it, was that the first leap that you'd made of that kind in your life? Or does that follow a pattern of just like, I can do it. I'm going to try something new. Um, that's a good question. I think I, I love this idea. I think um, I've been really, really lucky in life to be able to have a lot of opportunities and um, just, you know, um, uh, be able to jump around a lot. Uh, and so I've been able to travel, you know, lived in Beijing and lived in Juneau, Alaska, and, you know, uh, have been all around the world, really. Wait, why did you live in Beijing? I, I, my major is in Chinese. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> which is the most random thing <laughs> to learn before making ice cream. Yeah. Um, but I, I love this idea of traveling around and learning about um, new cultures and new food. And uh, and that's always been like a, a passion of mine. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to find ways to make life work in all of those different cities. Um, and when we first made it, started making ice cream, that was the idea. We, we Honestly, we were gonna open a food cart for like six months, uh -huh. we were like, that would be really cool if that were successful enough to get, make it through summer and somehow not lose too much money. <laughs> um, and we didn't. I mean, we lost money, but not, not <laughs> apparently not enough to, not, to not deter enough to us. Stop you. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, and that was the kickoff of like this uh, really amazing way to learn about food. Uh, what's cool is that. I get to use that passion and still like travel the world and learn about different cultures and food and um, through ice cream. And it's just like a good reason to get paid for traveling and to, to learn about different flavors. So where has ice cream taken you? Oh, that's a great question. The ice cream boat. I'm trying to think. Um, I think, you know, we're constantly trying to pull in uh, different levels of innovation. Um, I was in Southeast Asia a couple years ago and I think that really like... Uh, specifically, Taiwan was one of my favorite places uh, to, like, I, the, the street food culture there in particular is one of the biggest and strongest in the world. Um, and what what influence did it have on your palate? Like, did it change your palate in any way being in Southeast Asia? Um, you know what's cool is you you start seeing these people that are, like, de like dedicate their life to making one thing. And that's like one of the most inspiring things you could ever do. Um, and, uh, 
And, you know, it's just like this scallion pancake that someone wakes up at three in the morning every day to set up on that street corner and make. Right. And um, I think that in and of itself is uh, just really fascinating for me. And I think that in particular just... I know for me personally, it reinvigorated this idea of like, I'm going to make ice cream every day. Um, you're going to make it, you're going to make ice cream every day. And how, in terms of the innovation, which is something mm -hmm. that Zollenstraw is so known for and a tribute to you and your crazy mind, um, how important do you think it is to change the flavors? Because for example, yeah. um, you know, if you're talking about like street food, they actually do the food of their father the food of their grandfather and they're not yeah. really interested in innovation yeah but they're interested in doing the same thing perfectly and making it better and refining and you're interested in doing the same thing perfectly but in experimenting yeah i mean okay well i'll answer that but there is innovation in that right okay. like every time they move one thing of you know their their tin of spoons by a half an inch uh -huh. that's that's fascinating to me in particular, but we can we don't have to go down there. No, that's, I um, keep going. I think that's yeah. really interesting. Um, but uh, you know, what I really love, I I love working with specifically like this is kind of cool, like writers, right? And like um, I love this idea of like you think of some of the best magazines that you're just infatuated with, and you're excited to come out. Like what's coming out next month? What is the theme? And um, you open it up and you like just are completely transported for this moment in time because they're talking about, you know, wines in eastern Washington or you know, like what it and I think that in particular is what I try to capture in our ice cream. Um, I love this this sense of adventure that we can take you on. And um, wherever whenever you come into Salt and Straw, we're gonna tell you a new story and we're gonna learn something new with you through a, a scoop of ice cream. And um, we change our menu every month. It's the first Friday of each month. And I think that's a, it's a really critical kind of cadence for us mm -hmm. in our innovation process, but also for our customers in their kind of like learning process. So how did you choose that cadence? Because you could, you know, some people change seasonally, which would be every <laughs> three or four months. And you're like, no, yeah. no, no, it's going to be more frequent than that. <laughs> it's almost too frequent sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know... I, there's something like monumental about the first every first Friday in my uh, I don't know why you know this monthly cadence is it's become this like uh, sacred cow for us at Salt and Straw and um, when you come in uh, like we get people that are literally you know writing to us 12 hours in advance and they're like any, is there any chance you can tell us 12 hours in advance what flavors you're coming out with tomorrow oh my God, we, we got a note from someone that said uh, you know the last day of the month is one of the saddest because that's when I pay rent and that's you know like and I sit here and I, I'm refreshing my bank account on one end but on the other end I've got another tab open with the Salt and Straw website <laughs> and I'm refreshing it to see what new flavors are coming out wow and, there's something about that like moment of happiness that I think really can have the uh, can change people's day, um, and we want to push ourselves like we call ourselves a generous brand because we push ourselves beyond the limits of what seems feasible um, to go out above and beyond and um, really have fun and test out new things and offer something new every single time you visit. So you also have great partnerships, um, yeah. and the partnerships I think keep things really fresh. I love. Um, the partnerships with the school kids, like they develop flavors for you. Yeah. How did so that come cool. about? Um, 
So eight years ago, there was a fifth, uh, fifth grade teacher, right when we had one shop, she came by and she was like, can I just bring my class and can we make ice cream for a day? And they came by and I had this insane day with them. We were just making ice cream. They, we invented uh, three flavors and I can only remember two of them. I'm, one of them was a, a Skittle rainbow sherbet. Wow. Um, where the kid was like, well, can we just take Skittles and, you know, somehow put them in the ice cream machine? I was like, sure, let's try it. <laughs> and then the other one was a chicken teriyaki pineapple ice cream. Um, one of those two was delicious. I'm not going to tell me which, yeah. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we did this program and we, we were like, okay, let's make like five batches of this ice cream and um, put it on the menu and see what happens. And, um, the whole city of Portland went insane over it. And we raised, I don't know, it was a minor, a small amount of money, $1,000 or something. And, um, and three months later, we got this note um, from the teacher and they said, uh, Nike in Portland, in Nike saw this donation. They thought it was a great opportunity to use it as seed money. And we, with your money and their money, we re- built a new playground. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's what I thought. That's I was incredible. like, yeah, and I mean, it was, it was so, it felt so minuscule at the moment, yeah. but you go there and then we went and we met the kids and they were playing and we were like, this is like, this is it. This is what yeah. we want to be in business for. Right. Um, and we, we realized that as we opened new stores around the country, uh, we think, it, you know, like if we can get in and we can be part of that community, it mean, that means being at the PTA meetings. It means being, you know, at the small business uh, organizations. And that's the only way we can be a, a profitable business, I think, and still continue to grow and feel good about ourselves. I'm curious, because uh, you have some investment that's allowing you yeah. to, to grow more. Um, so what are the plans? Like, it feels like such a Portland brand, but of course yeah. you're throughout, I mean, you're really well distributed, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, we've been... And now you're in New York. Um, kinda. Kinda. Small. With Joe's yeah. and with Daily Provisions. Yeah. Um, but like, what are the expansion plans? Like, how much of the rest of America gets to have Salt and Straw? Well, you can you can mail order, of course, but in their hometown. Yeah, I mean, scoop shop. For us, um, for some reason, we picked the hardest expansion model in the world. Um, okay, what, what was that? <laughs> every city you go to, the Salt and Straw is completely different than any other city. Um, and that means like design, flow, flavors. Exactly, all of it. Wow. And, um, and you know, that local manager is embedded in their community. Yeah. And we, you know, we own all our own shops and we feel strongly that, like, this experience is special. And yeah. we, we want to foster it. And, of course, we want to grow it because we feel like the world needs some of that happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we can't just, like, copy and paste it around the world. Um, I'm, I'm curious how you set that up because... Um, as we both know, it's a time of enormous growth of um, really good food with chains, right? So I work with Dig, yeah. which is oh, a, I love a New York-based yeah. um, York restaurant group. But we have uh, restaurants in Boston. We're about to open in Philly. And then beyond yeah. that, we're going to open in other cities. And I've been working on a, like a, a hyper-local campaign yeah. for Boston and for Philly That's so, so cool. that we're really part of the community because we don't want to actually be just another box. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like I'm deeply curious, like more curious than the listeners probably, <laughs> but you know, how you are going to be part of those communities and not end up like just another box. 
Well, it's a man. It's a local manager who's in the community, and then yeah. but but you could, must control the flavors from Central. Yeah, I'm able to control the flavors here in Portland. That's my job. But yeah. I, it, you know, when we opened in LA, I I basically lived in LA for six months before we ever opened our shop, and um, three months before we opened, we had a kitchen there in downtown LA. We were making everything. We found. I mean, it's it's far more than like. Of course, we found a local dairy, and we you know found these amazing farms. But it's embedding yourself in that city, and um, it's having a food cart and going to all the farmers markets. You know, it's like all these things uh, becoming part of kind of the daily dialogue in that city. And um, and what's wild is even today, I would say there's about. I mean, this is going to hurt some Portlanders' feelings, but about. 40% of people that live in LA still think we started in LA. And you know, that's I think sort of shocking. Yeah. That's, one, that's the biggest compliment to <laughs> yeah, me in my entire life. Cause right. that's, that was what we went out to do. We wanted to say like, I have this dream of somehow expanding a business and instead of exporting our product, let's export our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's way different. Yeah. It's sure. all, we call it the, can't say this on radio. But <laughs> yes, it's, you can. It's a, the screw you McDonald's model. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Cause we love this idea of like, we want to grow. We think that's important. And we think we're doing something really, you know, world changing right. at salt and straw, but it's not going to be just this copy and paste McMansion right. model. Um, and so <laughs> it's really fun and exciting and it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, it's probably but slow it, as well. Very slow yeah. and very intentional. Yeah. Um, so, the, and the TED Talk on creativity, uh, I was struck by the way that you develop flavors yeah. and your ideas about creativity. That creativity is something that um, is controllable. Like, you can cultivate it. Mm, You're not born yeah. with it or not born with it. You can uh, create it within yourself. Um, do you feel that you are born as a creative? No, you not at all. You really don't? No, no, no. Okay. It's funny because... Um, I, I really think I have uh, really um, poor taste buds, and <laughs> I'm not creative, which is so weird. Shocking. I've got the opposite yeah. job, job of what I should have. I should be okay. like a data analyst at Microsoft or something. Yeah. Um, like, why am I supposed to believe that, considering you do have such yeah. great flavor combinations, and you are the creative lead on this exceptionally creative company? So Thank why you. should I believe you? <laughs> um, you know what's cool is like I realized really early on that uh, I I'm a passionate person. Like I have passion for telling stories. I have passion for bringing people along. I have passion for insane, you know, uplifting service. And um, and if I channel those in the right way, I can create amazing products. And I remember I was you know there's about three years in at Salt and Straw. We were hiring this manager and. As it turns out, she she turned out to be one of our top best managers we've ever hired. And I I interviewed her and I was talking to her and I I stepped back and I was meeting with Kim and I was like, she just doesn't seem to I don't think she likes ice cream. And I was like, I don't think I, I want to work with anyone who doesn't like ice cream. Yeah. And um and we sat we sat there for a second. And we were like, she was incredible. Mm-hmm. She was in, I I was like, she doesn't like ice cream though. That's a disclaimer, right? Right. And we realized like. She was passionate. She loved, you know, like she loved art. She loved music. She loved, you know, the people around her, her family. And 
we don't need her to love ice cream. We need her to be passionate about something and to channel that passion into so her job. So it really job. turned out to be okay. Like, it was okay that she didn't love ice cream. It was cream. incredible. And I realized that yeah. the same thing about me. Like, I don't need to have the best taste buds. I don't need to, like, uh, you know, just wake up in the middle of the night with the best ideas in the world. Like, I just need to be passionate about what I'm doing and really learn how to use the skills that I have. And for me, I'm very analytical. Uh-huh. Um, I'm very, like, I love interviewing people and learning about their life story and their flavors and their ingredients and their techniques. And that's where I find my passion. And so I'll go out and I'll interview, you know, the best chef in the country. You know, I get to uh, work with Give amazing... Give me an example. Like, because I think this uh, is so interesting. Well, yeah, I think Tracy Desjardins, right, in San Francisco. I remember I got to work with her for the first time about a year and a half ago. And um, and I was like, well, I think you're really known for flavors like this and this. And, and she was like, stop. You know, here's, here's how I think about food. Here's like, here's how I think about textures. Here's how I think about the, you know, the way flavors interact with your experience. And I was like, oh, yeah, sorry. I shouldn't have okay. d- said right, anything. Let's, let's right? not just talk about butter and salt. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's different, right? That's when you're like cool, how do I capture everything you just said into one scoop of ice cream? And I can do that. Like, I can just translate that. That's like A plus B plus C equals F. But somebody does need taste buds. So, like, if they're not yours, (laughs) there must be someone there who's working on the taste bud part. Really, really awesome team members. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, don't worry. Yeah. You. Yeah. That's good. And um, when you, in talking about the creativity, you talk about the way that, like, you'll start with a, a crazy idea. And then, or start with a simple idea, not a crazy idea, like mm-hmm. Halloween, I think yeah. was the example. But um, I would love just for the listeners to hear the process that you go through, because I think it's unlike anyone else's process that I've ever heard. Cool. Yeah. It's very associative. It's very evocative. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give you a starting point. Okay, okay. Um, like a summer day in the smell of hay. It rhymes. Did you mean it to does, do that? Make it rhyme? I Once I said it, I was like, ooh, and that <laughs> rhymed. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, Is that too hard or do you start with A summer day. And the smell of hay. And the smell of hay. No, I love that. I think that's like... Um, so I, I I love this idea. We, you know, I talked a lot about in this in this uh, TED presentation about kind of drawing a box around. Give, your, give yourself some boundaries. Um... And for me, when I think about flavors, I think that's really, really important. I think uh, when you're just kind of floating off and everything's possible, then nothing is possible. Um, and so, okay, let's say like a summer day in the, in the hay. With the smell of hay. <laughs> a summer day with the smell of hay. Okay. Um, cloudy and, with the chance of meatballs, yeah. but whatever. So it's cool, like, cool. I love you're it. basically on a farm and a it's warm. and Smell yeah. of hay. Yeah. Um, so I think like... This idea, you know, we've got a, some foundational pieces, like it has to be scoopable in ice cream. It's my right. number one rule, usually. Um, could it ever not be? Like, could it ever actually not be scoopable? Like, could it be cuttable? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's just a different, you know. Fine. Depends on the a- venue. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, in a summer day, I think it should have some, um, like, it should be uplifting, like whatever whatever that means like it should be uplifting it should like raise your day it should be bright that could come in the form of like uh you know some beautiful acids or like some floral flavors um and with the hay i think it should have some like 
uh, a little bit of smokiness, like a little bit of barnyard funk. And so you start thinking, like, what, what's, what fits that parameter? And then from there, I think the biggest thing that we have, I, I stress to my team is, like, don't go to ingredients next. That's really? the worst that's thing you could do. I was going to say, so what would that be? And that's not it. Why no, not? No, 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 no. Like, okay, we have these parameters. Like, it should taste somewhat like this. And your instinct is probably go with, like, um... I don't know, strawberries and blah, 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 you know, or like Sounds uh, good. strawberries and white wine. I don't know. Uh, but like, that's good. It's a trap. It's a fallacy. <laughs> this is where I um, like come up with how are we going to combine these flavors and what, what, what are we trying to do with this? Um, I think you're a writer, right? Like, I love this idea. Like the biggest trap you could set is like you set up your like, I want to write this story. Here's this. Here's the point I'm trying to make. Right? I don't know if you've ever written stories like that. Like, I've got this purpose, and I just want people to think this. I mean, actually, I'm the reverse. And so my editors are always like, you actually need to start your story and know like, what the purpose is. And I'm like, no, I'm just kind of okay. right and you figure and I out where be best to friends. go. <laughs> Creative minds. Um, but in any case. No, yeah, yeah, you need to see where, you need to give exactly. it. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to write it, and even if I have to, have to revise it six times, which is so irritating and also yeah. irritating for the editor, let it be said. Yeah. Um, I just like I discover so much in the process. Yeah. But I can't, I mean, I know in the biggest picture, like I would know summer day with the scent of hay, but I wouldn't know like that I'm trying to evolve, you know, evoke love. Like right. I, I sort of disco- discovered that along that. the way. Cool. Yeah, no, no, exactly. Like if you let the story go where it needs to go, it's going to be a very different story than it would have been if you just like said, okay, here's the three points I'm trying to make. I'm going to just make sure that my thesis matches up, right? Okay, wait, so we're not getting to ingredients next. What comes next? I think um, next, I think we should think about, like, how, uh, what emotions should it provoke? Like, what what are we trying to, why are we writing this in the first place? But is there ever not happiness? Like, are you ever trying to evoke something else? Are you trying to evoke nostalgia or sadness mm, or reflection. I mean, it just seems like yeah. your realm of emotion would be kind of on the bright side for all ice cream. That squeak for all ice cream. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, I want it to feel like a an uplifting summer uh, country song, you know? Um, you know, like an, yeah, that's uh, good. sitting by, you know, sitting by the river and like... Some gingham. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's go in that direction. Like, you know, we're, we're kind of like we want it acidic, acidic, fruity, floral, like we've got this. Um, and then we start combining flavors after that. Okay. And trying to match up flavors to that, like, that But you have theory. an emotional heart and, an, and a story that, like, is in the center of everything. Right. Before, like, after the parameters and yeah. before the ingredients and before you work out the science. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it'll make so much more sense because it's almost becoming obvious to me, like, where we should go with this, I think. Um, I think it should have a little bit of chamomile in it. Um, I think it should have like uh, maybe something malty, like even like a, you know, like some, we can use some brewer's malts. Um, uh, start combining those together, something, a little bit of lemon, maybe some um, raspberry. I, that's an ice cream I'll, I'll eat. So yeah. you, you come up with um, 600 plus flavors. Um, does it ever feel either like you're parsing things to, like, do you ever feel you're sick of that? Sick of ice cream? 
sick of flavors. No. Well, this is the cool thing about changing your menu monthly is like we're constantly finding a new story to tell. And there's never going to be a lack of stories to tell. That's true, but you, you could hit the point where you're like, you know what? I've told so many stories. What I actually want to do is chop wood. You know how, like, that sounds <laughs> nice. Um, well, no, like, I, and, you know, for better or worse, I don't know if anyone's noticed over the past two or three years, like, I, I go out on my own um, journeys with flavors, and I, I get to learn what, I, I get to, like, satisfy my um, idea of exploration through this, through creating. Yeah. And, um, you know, that means, like, uh, yeah, we used to make, like, I used to get to meet with the best chefs in the country, but now, like, I kind of want to meet with, like, the Oregon Symphony, right? And, like, we start, like, so, you know, I invited them into our kitchen, and we started making ice cream together, and they, uh, ultimately, they played this one, like, it's, it was a minute and a half of Bach, and um, we translated that one minute and a half to a minute and a half of flavor tasting and ice cream, and as you're eating it, the flavor notes match up perfectly with the musical notes. You know, that's cool. That's, that's really, really, cool. really fun. And okay, so what's your next sort of out of the box? Like you're not talking to people who think flavor. You're talking to think people who think about stories. Um, for me, I'm working right now on a, a really important project, in my opinion. We're uh, working ne for next year with uh, some of the best food incubators in the, in the country. Um, so Hot Bread Kitchen, La Cocina, Portland Mercado. Um, these programs that are finding... Um, people that inherently have this insane talent and just giving them the platform to start their own businesses and uh, using them to almost find our, use, our, use them as our, our sourcing partners, right? To source the best ingredients in the city. Um, and so for us, like, I love this because it's, it's just, we just, I'm sitting back and I'm like, where is this flavor going to go? Um, and where are they going to take us on this journey? with this purposeful intent to find stories that are in our city that most people wouldn't know or understand or be able to see. And we have the, this blessing of having so many customers coming to Salt and Straw. We get to bring light to this program that is really, you know, systematically changing the world. Uh, and we're just, we're just kind of the platform to tell that story from the soapbox, right? I think those partners are really interesting because they're act they they tend to be immigrant po populations, right? Mm -hmm. So they're people whose stories aren't told as much, their flavors aren't as well known, and if you can popularize them through ice cream, um, that's a great reflection on the community, great opportunity for the community as well as for um, for you guys. Well, it's so cool because it nor I think it, it normalizes this food that is like it it's the best in the world for yeah. so many different reasons, and yeah. um, and I think we get to like. We just get to, yeah, we get to just highlight that. It's really, it's fun. You need to do fiction writers next. Have people, like, cool. write, write fiction stories, and you have to create yeah. ice creams from the fiction you know, stories. We write some pretty epic comic books here in Portland. <gasps> yeah. So I was Horse. in a great comic book store. Yeah. Um, just... It's hard to take me <laughs> hard to take me away from that. Well, I think that's um, that's all we have time for, Tyler. Thank you. It's so much fun to talk to you. Thank you for everything. Um, and also see like the arc of your exploration of flavor and the way that Salt and Straw, um, you know, embraces the entire world, just not the not only the world oh. of chefs and ingredients, yeah. which is really you've gone so much bigger and brought so yeah. much so much joy, oh, even thank in you. this um, you know. Well, it stopped raining, which is fantastic. It's a beautiful... In this, in this, this is, beautiful cloudy day. Like, yeah. who's not ready for some caramel? <laughs> um, 
So thank you so much for listening to Heritage Radio Network on tour. Um, presented by Le Creuset. Thanks again to our sponsors, Le Creuset, Travel Portland, Salt and Straw, and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage popular. I'm Dana Cowan. Stay tuned for more from Feast Portland and eat some amazing Salt and Straw ice cream. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.